Praise God. Praise God. The Lord told us uh, a couple of weeks ago that we would no longer be having services here at Word of Life Church, but that we're having rivers. You know, a service is structured, and you know which way it's going to go, and you know the elements. But rivers, you just never know. If you look at old maps about the Mississippi River, you'll see, and and other rivers where there's borders that were uh, set according to where the river used to be, and now you'll see that the river's not even in some states in some areas right there because the river moved, and the river moves. And hallelujah, there's a river in every, every time we come together in faith, the Lord has a potential river. And as we lift up our voices, and that's what Garland and, and, and the girls do, they, they, they help us lift up our voices and lift up our hearts because there's things in the rivers that we got to have. You just can't live your life out there on your own. It's, it's a sad life, and so the, if, if you don't have the Lord, and there's rivers, there's things in the rivers. There's revelation in the river. There's power in the river. The gifts of the Spirit are in the river. And so you, you really truly can't say when you come to church, we know what's going to happen. That's rivers. You just never know what's going to happen. The, sometimes you'll see that uh, the black warrior, the river's up. We'll go over the bridge and say, woo, the river's up. And other times you'll say, well, the river's down. Or the river's, you know, muddy or whatever. And you just, the river changes. And so the, the river of the Lord flowing through here has things for you and me. And so sometimes we know before we come to church what's coming down the river. And sometimes we don't know. So we have to stop. Even praise and even the word, we have to stop and just say, Lord, we're going to stop here. And make sure that there's nothing in the river that you have for us right now. And a lot of times he does. He just says, I have one, one uh, uh, healing sometimes is in the river. You go, well, why don't you do it every week? Well, I don't really know, but it wasn't in the river that week. It, either the people, I don't know. But we have to stop and give place to God. And we call it rivers. There's also rooms in the spirit. Rooms that have things that you need, but you've got to be able to access them by faith. And to do that, we have to prepare an atmosphere. We have to get into a place where the Lord can open the door, where we can, so to speak, get in the Spirit. And not just have a, a service that's physical, that's sense-oriented, but, but get a taste of heaven here on earth. And to do that, you've got to go get over in the Spirit. And I'll tell you... Uh, uh, We've got a group here right now this morning. We can go there. We can go there. We're all, everybody in here, everybody in here has been here before. And so you know what we're about. And so if you came back, you either, you either lost your way to wherever you meant to go and just fell in, or you like the potential of getting out there in the Spirit. Now, I don't want to be, you know, uh, wooey-gooey and get, you know, you can get weird going out there. You just have to let God bring it to you. You can't work it up. You can't make it up. You can't get in the flesh trying to get in the spirit, trying to get something going. You just, but you got to be expectant. So that's what we're going to do in 12. We're just going to let more and more. We're going to learn together how the Lord wants to minister to us. We are his children. Let, let us never think that we're the ministers and he's just God. He is the father. And we, we are very needy in the sense of what he's got and what we need. Amen? Amen? Amen. 
Brother Lawrence, would you stand up this morning, sir, and you pray over this service for us? We, we expect God to move in this time. Amen. Thank you, sir. Well, turn in your Bible with me to the book of Galatians. We've been talking about right place, right time. And as most of you know that come here all the time, we don't pay much attention to holidays. So, um, but we'll, ha we'll endeavor to have a Christmas message next week, but it'll still be right place, right time. How many of y'all know that Jesus was at the right place at the right time? And so was Mary and Joseph and the angels, and so were the shepherds and all that sort of stuff. So um, we, can, we can make this work even that. Galatians chapter 6. Let's look at a verse here that's talking about how important um, this, this uh, principle is. It says in uh, verse 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. Now, you all know that's, that's true right there. That's just true. It's not negotiable. It's not sometimes. It's not most of the time. This is truth. This is more real than gravity. Hallelujah. And, uh, but he, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And then he, and then he tells us about this sowing and reaping, which way we're going to go uh, to help us, to, to convince us. And he said, and let us not be weary in well-doing. So that right there tells you that there's a pressure or a... Uh, 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 a a system that is against you choosing to sow to the Spirit versus the flesh. In other words, as you're sitting there saying, I, which, you know, I want to sow to the Spirit, he'll tell you, well, here's how you can avoid sowing to the flesh. He said, let us not be weary in well-doing. So right there, that'll tell you that, uh, that that'll make you sow to the flesh. Weary in well-doing. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And then he says, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially of the, house, of the household of faith. Well, several things we've looked at there, talking about the right place and the right time, that there is regular time, chronos time. You know, what time is it? Well, it's 11 o'clock here on Sunday, but what time is it? That word there is the word kairos, K-A-I-R-O-S, and it doesn't mean what time is it, the chronos time, the, the, the timex time. It's talking about what time is it in God, and we looked at it in the Hebrew where it talks about a divine happening or an opportunity that God opens, that uh, when, when you're at the right place at the right time, marvelous things happens. And on the other side, if you're at the wrong place at the wrong time, it can be terrible. Um, I, I called a pastor last night and uh, was visiting with him, and he was just distraught because a 41-year-old uh, woman that had been in his church that he had known since she was eight, active in the in politics and had helped Governor Riley get elected and had been in Washington and had just been a marvelous work for the pro-life uh, movement and just just was a strong Christian and had been with him all these years, just, just a dear sweetheart to everyone she knew. She had got engaged over Thanksgiving, he said, and had gone down to Florida this week to meet her 
fiance's folks and on the way home from Florida had been in an accident and lost her life. And it just, he said, they're going to have to do the funeral at the biggest church in town because there would be dignitaries from all over and everything. And you just go, and she was a marvelous Christian, but something's wrong here. Something, she was not, something's wrong. She wasn't at the right place at the right time. I don't, know any, I don't know any details about the accident, but I can just tell you the outcome was contrary to God's plan. There was a time, there's a time to live and a time to, to die, the Word says, but, but 41 isn't it. And being born again is not it. And, you know, a spirit-filled, active woman with all of her life in front of her, this was a tragedy. And except for the grace of God, you and I would be subject to that every day. But Psalm tells us that he hides us in the, that we can hide in the secret place of the Most High, under the shadow of the wing of the Almighty. The Word tells us that, that we can we cannot just be getting up and living our life according to Chronos time. Well, it's eight o'clock. I got to be to work, and it's uh, twelve o'clock. It's time to go to lunch. But that we stop our life and say. Every step must be ordered of the Lord. I must get on His time. Uh, we, we looked at 911 and the, and the tragedy that happened, uh, what was it, uh, over 10 year, a little over 10 years ago, and how people had got an unction that morning and not gone to the Twin Towers and had not, not been in that place of destruction that almost 3,000 people uh, died or had gone in and said, I'm not supposed to be here, and had gone out all kinds of stories of being at the right place at the right time, saved their lives, whereas other people just went in and were clueless. They were there according to Chronos time, but they were not at the right place at the right time. So important. And, you know, they, they, they uh, had an article in a magazine this week about some of the babies that were born without their father and their mother, excuse me, without their father, obviously, that they were... They were uh, uh, their mothers were pregnant when their fathers died at 911, and it talked about 10 and something years later. I read it in a magazine, you know, and they'd never seen their father. And it just, it just ripples through there. You and I, we're not just people. We have an assignment on our life. Point to yourself and say it. I have an assignment from heaven on my life. I must obey it. I must fulfill it. Now, that's the truth, y'all. It doesn't matter if you just got saved yesterday. You've got some catching up to do. You've got some doing to do because God has been working a plan to get you at the right place at the right time all your life. He has been ordering things, putting people in your life, uh, moving things out of your life. Sometimes when he does, we go and get them and pull them right back in. Sometimes uh, uh, friends just say, you know, I don't, you know, they're not good friends and they just quit calling. Well, we call them up and say, let's be friends again. You know, we just don't get it sometimes how we could be uh, cooperating with God. But here he said, don't be weary in well-doing because it'll make you sow to the flesh. And if you sow to the flesh, you'll reap of the flesh destruction. And this was a good woman. This, this pastor said she was as good a girl as there was. And she's gone. And her fiancé's devastated. And her family and everyone's devastated. It just left a hole. But all of us would leave a hole. This is a time to be on time. And I'm telling you, family, there is so much power in you right now. We have so let ourselves be humanized in the sense of, 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 the, of the carnal man. 
uh, Paul said in Corinthians, he said, uh, he said, are they not carnal? Uh, just mere men. We are not mere men. We've been born again. We've been filled with God Almighty. God Almighty lives in here. I know the outside doesn't uh, indicate anything about what's going on the inside, but the Word says He's in there, and He's alive, and He's working, and He has a plan. And as you pray in the Holy Ghost and as you obey the Word and as you stop and pray and say, Lord, I'm, I'm checking in to see if everything on a normal pattern of my chronos life is what you want me to do today, he'll stop you and he'll turn you and he'll adjust you. Not just to miss destruction, but so that you'll be in that room of blessing and so that you'll be in that river of life. That, you think people are lucky, they're not lucky. They just have a gift of stopping their life and checking in with the master. And just saying, I, you know, and they may not pray long prayers, but they stop and they give heed to him and say, Lord, your wisdom is what I need today. It just takes five minutes in the morning, but oh, I tell you, that checking in, that punching your card with him in the morning, it gives him access, and it, it changes everything. It changes your money. It changes who you marry. You know, when, I, I'm just so blessed that I got this girl, this, but, you know, I could have had a wreck. I was dating a, a, a girl that was in New Age at one time, when I, and I dated a girl that was Church of Christ. No offense there, but whoo. <laughs> that would have been a step in the wrong direction for me. Now, some Church of Christ boy, maybe that was right. You know, I hope she got one. But, you know, I, God had me positioned. And for you this morning, you may not have got it right the first time. I'm hoping you say, I got it right this time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Had a Holy Ghost adjustment in your life. Well, um, in Ephesians chapter 2, turn there with me. Let's pick it up a little bit here. You are filled with God. You are on assignment for God. I know you work a regular job and you got to be there at seven o'clock in the morning or whatever, and you got to punch the clock, and it's so, so mundane. It's so not who you are. But the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. It's not because you make a wage, it's because it puts us in the people and bring the supernatural. It says in, in chapter two, verse one. Look at what it says about you and me. Praise his name. And you hath he quickened, made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Ephesians 2, 2, wherein time passed. That's, this is all of us. I walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation, which means our lifestyle, in times past, in the lusts of our flesh. Say, that's me. That's me. Come on, y'all. That's me. None of us were exempt. We did that and our mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherein he, saved, he loved us, who even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, why? That in the ages to come, he might show his exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. And by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. And it just goes on there. How, 
how filled with God we are and how miserable we were and how worthless we were and how, how used of the devil we were. We were just filled with the devil, and now we are filled with Almighty God. I'm telling you, you are somebody special when you're born again. God is in you, and listen, you literally can do all things through Christ who strengthens, empowers, and enables you. There is nothing on the table that you can't have and can't do. But you've got to change your mind. You've got you to give up yourself and your weaknesses and your, your defeats and your condemnations and your guilts and your past. You've got to give it up and say, that was me in an old, in an old lifestyle, but the new me has defeated that in Christ Jesus. You've got to put it on, y'all. You can't walk out here with just in, encouragement or an optimism. You have to put on faith. Optimism is of the mind. It's a soulish thing, but faith is of the spirit, and it'll get you through. You are not defeated. You are not behind. He has made you somebody. We acknowledge that our, our old man was the righteousness is filthy rags, but now I'm the righteousness of God in him. I'm not who I look like. I'm not who I was. I'm who he made me. And that's the end of it. That's the end of it. Yeah, but you failed. Yes, I have. Yeah, but you said this. And yeah, but you made this mistake. Yes, but it didn't change. It doesn't change who he made me. And the potential is just doesn't have a border. It's everything that he's called me to do is within my grasp, within your grasp. It says in... Uh, in uh, Romans chapter 8, you're right there, so slip back just a couple of chapters to Romans chapter 8. Look in verse nine, uh, 19, excuse me. Romans chapter 8, verse 19. Let's just say a few things here, and then we'll go to this uh, right place, right time. It says, for the earnest expectation of the creature or the creation waiteth for the manifestation of the Son's of God. The world is waiting on us to show up like we really are. Not like them, not like who we were, not like what we've done and what we've pulled and what we, you know, sluggard and slovenly and just that, yes, but the the world is waiting for us to show up to manifest the revealing of the sons of God. You go, I don't like that. Well, you know, you need to rip this page out. You're going to give up the, the, the chapter 7, but rip it out because it says in the Bible that you and I are sons of God. Sons of God. And the manifestation, he said, of the sons of God is different than what the world is seeing and understanding. You are somebody that you've never seen. You've never studied. You've never lived. He put it in you at the new birth. And that's, you've got to find it by revelation. You've got to get into this. You've got to pray. You've got to ask God, who am I? Am I just this man? Am I just this husband? Am I just this worker? Am I just, you know, whatever? Who am I? And he'll start peeling back the layers and show you who you are. And you'll have courage to do what he's assigned you to do. And you can't do any of it by the natural. It'll take God all the way. We can't wait much longer. We're in the end days. 
Used to in the 40s and 50s, you could wait 75 years and, you know, get a grip. But he could come in the morning. He could come by noon. He could come in this service and take us out, and it'd be over. And the urgency is there, but, but on the other hand, if he didn't come in our lifetime, we should live as if he could be here tomorrow. Praise his name. So right place and right time is so important to our life. Turn to Ecclesiastes. And let me, chapter 3, that's where we've been. And I know it's Old Testament. And I know it's written by Solomon. And Solomon, you know, the wisest man that ever lived except for Jesus, he had issues. <laughs> he had issues. But I'm going to bring you to a passage this morning that, uh, that, uh, that even though his... His summation of what happened, uh, uh, his, some of his uh, philosophy is, is wrong, yet he can say what happened to him, and it would be accurate. And so you've got to ask yourself this morning, and this is what I'm asking myself, is why are men, why are all people unable to be satisfied with the pursuit of things on earth? Why is it? No matter how much money Donald Trump or Bill Gates or, or Michael Dell or other rich men, wealthy men that literally have estates, have, have uh, houses that are worth more than, than, than 200 families, you know, in, a, in any other given area, just, just tremendous wealth. They, I read this week that the Walton family, Sam Walton's family, is worth $93 billion dollars. That literally, that the, 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 the 15 lowest asseted people in America, all of them together, all of them together are worth less than these children of Sam Walton, which might say, well, you know, what's that all about? You know, we, we're, a lot of us are just not fulfilling what God said you can have. Hallelujah. But the key there is, is but that, that the Waltons, you know, if, they, if someone walks in their house with a cold and they catch it, it doesn't matter that you're worth $93 billion. You still, you still got a cold. And you still, you know, you still cough. And you st there is no remedy that puts you and makes you exempt above putting your britches on. If you don't put your britches on, Miss, Mr. Rich Man, you're going to be buck naked as you walk out the door. You got to put yours on and you got to lift one leg up and lift the other leg up and cinch up or you're going to be arrested, Mr. Big Bucks. It's just, you know, money is just, a, it's just, it's just not what it's meant to be. It is a convenience and we need it to help, but golly, you could sure get in the pursuit of it and be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> and besides, it's that thing that's in God that if you chase it, you can't ever have it. But if you chase God, he gives you all of it. <laughs> so it's just like you can't even think about it in order for it to come. So why is it that people don't get it and they keep on, they keep on chasing it? Well, the reason is, is because riches and the pursuit of riches is in the chronos realm. It's in the time realm. It's in a temporal realm. It's in the realm of measured time. But you and I, we are not in that realm. We're in that realm, but we're not of that realm. We are in that kairos realm, that divine happening realm. Right place, say it with me, right place, 
right time. That's who you are. Whether you recognize it, believe it, want it or not, that's who you are. And so when you are of that fabric of being, if that's who you are inside, you cannot be satisfied with chronos time, with temporal time. With just going to work and drawing a wage and putting it back and, you know, just, just marking your life off year by year. You know, well, had another birthday. That is, you'll never be satisfied by it because it's not who you are. It's not. We are created now in the new birth to be at the right place at the right time. Well, if you don't show up for work, you'll get fired. Well, show up for work, but... At the moment's notice that God says, don't show up at work, the Twin Towers, just be somewhere else. Just let them fire you. Whatever. That's right. Amen. It says in Ecclesiastes, I, I had you turn there, but because it's time, I'm going to just read it to you out of this, uh, this message version. Now, I, you know, we don't read everything out of the message, but I've looked at it, and it's, it's, it, it's uh, accurate to what I want to do this morning. Just listen to this. This is Solomon, and he's wealthy beyond words. Uh, someone analyzed and said that he had a $1 billion stable. You know, we, you couldn't even build a $1 million stable today. You, 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 it, would go, it would go from here to, to Gordo. <laughs> you know, it just, you couldn't even spend it. A billion is so much. But he had so much wealth that even in our modern day, we cannot even match it. And it said here, I said to myself, let's go for it. Experiment with pleasure. Have a good time. But there was nothing to it, nothing but smoke. This is Ecclesiastes 2. What do I think of the fun-filled life? Insane, inane. My verdict on the pursuit of happiness? Who needs it? With the help of a bottle of wine and all the wisdom I could muster, I tried my level best to penetrate the absurdity of life. I wanted to get a handle on anything useful we mortals might do during the years we spend on the earth. Now listen to this. Oh, I did great things, built houses, planted vineyards, designed gardens and parks, and planted a variety of fruit trees in them, made pools of water to irrigate the groves of trees. I bought slaves, male and female, who had children, giving me even more slaves. Then I acquired large herds and flocks, larger than any before me in Jerusalem. I piled up silver and gold, loot from kings and kingdoms. I gathered a chorus of singers to entertain me with song. And most exquisite, and most exquisite of all pleasures, voluptuous maidens for my bed. Oh, how I prospered. I left all my predecessors in Jerusalem far behind, left them behind in the dust. What's more, I kept a clear head through it all. Everything I wanted, I took. I never said no to myself. I gave in to every impulse, held nothing back. I never said, uh, excuse me, I sucked the marrow of pleasure out of every task, my reward to myself for a hard day's task. In other words, he had the means to do anything he wanted. He was king and he was rich. And he could do it and nobody could say a word. And so he road tested this concept of pursuing money. You know, one thing that keeps some people from, from, from giving themselves up to the devil is they just can't afford it. They just got to go to work and they just don't have the money. So, but Solomon said, I'm going to see if you can do it. And if I can find pleasure in it, then other men ought to go for it. But he said, I'm going to do it in a way that nobody could say, but you didn't do it like I'd do it. 
Then he said, then I took a good look at everything I'd done, looked at all the sweat and hard work. But when I looked, I saw nothing but smoke, smoke and spitting in the wind. There was nothing to any of it, nothing. And then he, then in a verse down there, he said, I hate life. Now listen, family, he, he gave himself to pleasure. Every form that was in his day. And he said, he said, I hate life. Now, if it's true for Solomon, it'll be true for you and me. And then he goes on, he says, I hated everything I'd accomplished and accumulated on this earth. I can't take it with me. No, I have to leave it here to whoever comes after me, whether they're worthy or worthless. And who's to tell? They'll take over the earthly results of my intense thinking and hard work, smoke. So here we have something that you can, you can take it from Solomon and say, I'm not going to spend 20 years of my life seeing if this thing works. Just, just read it and say, you know, that's not it. He could, he could have anything. He tried pleasure of every kind. I guess in his day, he would, he would have smoked everything there was to smoke and shot up everything to shoot and, and, you know, had all the, everything that you could have, he put it into his body put it in before his eyes. He withheld nothing, he said. And he said it was all vanity. It didn't bring anything to him. So here we are in 2011, and all of us are on some pursuit or something. And I'm not in here trying to preach to you to get you to calm down like the church at Corinth, Corinth that was really into sin, going to church and having all sorts of, of, uh, of raunchy parties and doing all sorts of things. And, and Paul talked to them about that. We're not, we're not addressing anything here, but we're putting an edge on our life to make it worthwhile. So that we at least, when we, if we go out into 2012, we'll have a purpose and a, an assignment that is worthy of the Lord. We won't waste our life. Because that's what the world is doing. They're wasting their lives. They have tremendous potential in Christ Jesus. But if they don't engage him and don't change from the world, they'll waste their life. And Christians, even Christians, strong, born again and spirit-filled, if we don't keep our focus on him, we will waste our life. We'll put enough pleasure into our life. We'll draw back to the world enough, and we'll never fulfill the fullness of what God planned for us. People say, why isn't the word working for me? How come I'm having a hard life? This is it. They're not at the right place at the right time because they're not focused on the right thing. Well, I just couldn't give up like some Christians who just give it up and they go on mission trips and they give a big part of their income and they're always at the church and they're always out there went so winning. You, you, you say, you know, I, I just don't want to do that. I want to have fun. That's where the fun is. But it's hidden. It's, it's hidden in the pursuit of it. In the pursuit of God, he opens it up and seemingly from this worldly side, what looks so terrible and hard and mundane, not fun at all, actually the pleasure of it is so hidden. You and I in this church, in this small body of Christ right now, we have relationships that would go the distance. We have relationships in here that we would literally lay down our lives one for another. Not, maybe not everybody for everybody, but I'm telling you, we would all consider it. We'd all say, you know, I may not can actually give it all up, but here, I'll give you this part. And that is so, and that is the pleasure of life. 
Now, I'm not going anywhere with it trying to get you to do something. I'm just saying that's what's going to be offered in the Lord in the 2012, and we shouldn't miss the greatest year that he's ever put before us. It's a great year coming up. I want you to turn. We got just, oh, we don't even have that. Oh, 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 Jesus, help me, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> I want you to turn in there anyway. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Ah, thank you, Lord. Help me here. Hallelujah. In Ecclesiastes 3, we, we didn't look there, but in the very next chapter, Solomon said, there is a time, a right time for everything. It's the right place at the right time. This morning, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you right now, you are at the right place at the right time right now. I don't know what you'll hear this morning. I'm not pretending that I have any wisdom for you, but I am positive that the Lord does and that he's going to speak something that I might not even have literally said to you so that you'll have understanding and you'll change your course. You'll adjust up higher. You'll see a door. You'll see a window. You'll see an opportunity that you wouldn't have seen before that you didn't have the tool or the keys to open that up and you'll be, you'll be spurred on to have a better life this morning. I'm, I'm not saying I have anything, but I'm telling you the anointing and the grace of God as we minister this morning is so much higher than what you would have been if you'd been anywhere else this morning. Amen. This is it. And you can look around and say the humble surroundings and the, and the amount of people and all that thing, that it disparages the message or it disparages the strength and the wisdom of God. But I'm telling you, he takes the foolish things and confounds the wise. You can get it here. You can get what you need from him in an atmosphere that's believing. It says in 2 Corinthians, are you there? Chapter 4. Who praise his name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We are on, we're on course for a wonderful, a marvelous year in 2012. We've been sowing seed. We've been laying down our lives, but there's a time to you pick them up. You lay them down in one dimension, and you pick them up in another dimension. You lay down your tithe. You lay down your offering. You go to the nursery. You do the youth. You go wherever you go. You lay it down in one dimension, and then doors open, and men... And and situations walk into your life that you could have never earned or never uh, even seen, and God takes what you did in the nursery, and he puts it in another dimension, and it's beyond what you could even ask or imagine. You go, are they related? They are so related, you cannot break the bond. You do something simply, you do something humbly, you do something that's, that's available, whatever, whatsoever you find your that your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. You just do it because it's there to do. You, you know, Wesley's in the sound booth this morning. You just, you just go there. Joey ushered and, and Myron works on air. You know, just everybody in their place led prayer this morning. You know, you came, whatever. You think, well, that has no consequence. It positions you. It puts you in a place that seems so natural but yet it gives you access to that which you could never go in the natural into. You can't go there. The door is shut. Matter of fact, you don't even see the door. It's just a long hall with no doors. But then you see it because you're at the right place at the right time. Doors that are open to you. And when you walk into that door, there's somebody or something there's, there's a place to minister your seed and sow your seed that has the hundredfold return on it. 
You go, well, I, w- I wouldn't have thought that. I was looking for something great. I was looking for something marvelous. The choir and the orchestra and the stained glass and the, and the great uh, songs we were singing. Many times, that's not where it's at. It's a natural glory. It's a natural beauty. It's a natural, and it takes you into the natural realm. And what you sow into the natural realm, you're going to reap out of the natural realm. Amen. But here, there's no distraction. <laughs> I'm glad we turned the Christmas tree on this morning. It's the <laughs> hallelujah. It says in verse 17 of chapter 4, for our light affliction, that's life, y'all. That's life. And we don't like life a lot of times, and we are, we're tired of the, of the rub and the grind. He said, don't be weary in well-doing. We get tired of the, of the pressure and the adversity is what it says. But it says our light affliction, which is but for a moment, it's not long, y'all. Our trials are not that long. We get through them. I said we get through our trials. We don't, this people, we don't stay in a trial long. We pray it through. We put the word on it. We get somebody to join with us and hook up. We don't stay in trials long. We don't like them, but we access the kingdom and we get through these trials. There's hope. There's an expectation that I met this thing, but it's a mountain, and I'm blessed God I'm going through this thing. I'm not just going to be stopped here. He said, our light affliction, but it says it lasts for, uh, uh, what does it say, worketh for us, but for a moment worketh for us, look at these adjectives, far more exceeding and eternal weight, and then he says of what? Of glory. These things, God didn't put them in your life, but life is filled with the things that if you'll stop and hone yourself and, 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 and release yourself for the natural things instead of crying and carrying on, oh, why me? But just say, bless God, my assignment, my life, this thing is in the way. This thing is trying to stop me. I will not be stopped because I know who I am. I know what I can do. I know what I have. So I'm going through this thing. Not like, well, I guess this is where I'm supposed to be. He said, this light affliction, it's just temporary. It's just for a moment. Whoop it. Take care of it. Deal with it. And it'll make you strong. And then in verse 18, what does he say? He says, ooh, verse 18. Oh, I lost my place. Hallelujah. It says, uh, while we look not, that word look, you know, is the word take aim. While we take aim not at the things which are seen, which is the worldly stuff, the stuff that we get weary and well-doing. He said, we don't look at that. Why? We look at the things which are not seen. Why? For the things which are seen are temporal. Temporal. I looked that word up, and it means fleeting, subject to change, remaining just for a while or for a short season. So it looks like a monster. It looks like the biggest thing. It looks like we'll never get around this. But it's, it doesn't have anything behind it. It's just an eighth of an inch thick. You can just put your fist through it. You can just walk through it. But it looks like it's made out. It's painted like steel. It's painted like concrete. It looks like we're never getting past this. He said, ah, it's nothing unless you look at it. Unless you attribute value and worth to it that says, this is hard. This is impossible. My life is ruined. What are we going to do? God has forsaken us. It's not going to happen. If you go there, then you're stuck. But if you say, this is in the natural realm. I'm living in the supernatural realm. I'm not going to get weary in well-doing. I'm tired of these little mountains. I'm tired of these, these struggles. I'm tired of this pressure. I'm tired of it. I'm just going to shut down. You know, lots of Christians do that. 
But that thing is exercising your faith. That thing makes you strong. I'm telling you, that's why financially, and me and Debbie, we don't flinch because we've seen it all. And we've won every single time. I wish we could get to the place where you just didn't have a financial challenge. Brother Copeland said it'll never happen. But you just whip them faster, and you can take on bigger ones. And that's who we are. We just, we're in this world, even though we're not of it. So the key, now listen, this is the key. It says there that uh, uh, the last part, he says, but the things which are not seen are eternal. That would mean, that would mean never ceasing. There's an endless supply. There's an endless strength. There's an endless glory. If you'll not look at the thing like it, it's in the natural, but take it on like it's a spiritual thing. I am greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. This thing is in the temporary realm. This thing means if I can see it, if I can, if I can hear it, if, I can, if it's in this realm, then it's got to go. It's temporary, subject to change. It has to go. Well, it won't go if you whine and carry on and why me and, and you know. You just step back and say, I, I am who I am. And there's nothing impossible to him who believes. And you step back and you put on who you are. And then you step up and that thing has to go. Now, the key in 2012, let me just tie this thing together. We are supernatural. We're not trying to be supernatural. We are supernatural. We live in a natural body in a natural world, but he's made us something inside that wins. I win. You win. We win. To be at the right place, I'm finishing, to be at the right place at the right time, you've got to put aside the seeking of pleasure. The Lord told us some time ago, Debbie and me, because we hear it from pastors. We, we have one pastor friend, and he says, oh, yeah, my church did a pastor appreciation day, and they gave us $17,000. And then we hear from some other pastor says, oh, yeah, my church, they loaded up for Christmas, and they gave me $10,000. And, you, you know, you just stop, and you say, okay, what is the score, Lord? We, you know, we ask him, what is, the, is something wrong with us? Leprosy, you know what? Woo, yeah, buddy. No, he said, now here's what he told us, and this just fixes everything. He said, I am your reward for pastoring. So we don't have to look to anybody. We don't have to work up anything. We don't have to finagle and position ourselves. We just say, you know, we're at the right place at the right time. And so you've got to put away the pursuit of pleasure, the pursuit of competition. It's nobody going to give you a better place when you whoop them. You're not in competition. Matter of fact, I have found that the more you help other people get ahead, even in your own field and in your own domain, the more God will move in your life. I've made it my job to help other pastors. I send them stuff that helps them so much, and they look at me and go, yeah, you know, church of 3,000, church of 10,000, you're sending us stuff. It does not matter. I am who he made me, and I walk in the realm where he sent me. And that's what you and I've got to do. So I'm not seeking pleasure, but I'm telling you I'm the most fulfilled and satisfied person you'll ever meet. I'm totally satisfied in him, and it's not because, you know, I'm, I'm going to Disneyland or I have this car, got that truck or whatever. I'm telling you I'm happy in him. I'm excited to be in him because I'm seeking him. 
And in 2012, if you're off course in that realm, you should adjust. You go, but Lord, I just, you know, I never did get to have the fun that, that, you know, Johnny Bob over here is having. The Lord will make it up to you in a better and a higher dimension. So we, we put away pleasure. Solomon says it won't do anything for you anyway. And then concerning pressure of life, you just confess. I'm at the right place at the right time. You get up. The Bible says in Corinthians that Jesus was made unto us wisdom. So you get up and put on wisdom. Lord, I thank you today. I have wisdom. I'm at the right place at the right time. I'm not just going headlong into my life. If you want me to retire, if you want me never to retire, if you want me to, uh, to go into business, if you want me to go, you, whatever you want, Lord, I am totally available. And he'll put you at the right place. So we're going to get off of our agenda for 2012. This is our year coming up. The, the man of God, Wynn Goss, said this church will not look the same. Unrecognizable one year from now. I've already believed it, but it was just another word. Well, how about you? Are you going to look the same this time next year? Nothing like it. Say nothing like it. It, it's, it is on you. So I want to praise for some folks this morning because this year coming up, the reason I preached this this morning, the Lord gave it, is that we need to change our mind. Today's the 18th, so we've got 13 days of this year. We need to hit 2012 with a better attitude. I don't care how good your attitude is this morning. You can have a new and improved right. one. You can have a more open to God. You can put aside some things you've been dibbling and dabbling in, just like, well, I want this, and I'm going there, and it's going to this, that, and the other. You need to bring them before the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want me to have fun with? If he says, go for it, I'd get, I'd get on it and have a big time. If he says, it's not that time, that'd be the wrong time for that. You need to say, I don't want it. I'm putting it back. If it never comes, if it never comes, Lord, you're my reward for being born again. You're my reward for being whoever I am. You can't take your reward. God has to give it to you. So hallelujah. Would you stand up with me this morning? Mike, I want to pray for you. This young man, uh, Wesley, I want to pray for you. I want you to come down right now. Uh, Mr. Tallest, gosh, that is the tallest thing you've ever seen. If, if you want me, if, you, if anybody wants prayer, Rob Lee, if you want prayer, any of these young people, John, I'm going to pray a prayer that will absolutely put you to your next place. Amen. It will absolutely, when I get through praying for you this morning, the, the, and anyone else in here that says, you know, I don't know what the next step is, I want you to come down here. If you need to know the next step for your life, I'm going to pray a prayer this morning for you. I'm going to lay hands on you, and it's going to open up like a vision of heaven, and you're going to see it, and you're going to know it for 2012. So if you're stuck this morning, you say, I don't know what my next step is, but I want to do it, and when he shows it to me, I will do it. I want to pray for you this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. Seven foot, eight foot, how tall are you? I'm four foot. How about you? In Jesus' name. I thank you for the anointing and the grace to go where he's sending you and be equipped and be supplied in such a way that men will say, who is that young man? He moves like a man of God in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 
take off the blinders, Joshua, and get and ask the right questions. That's what I'm hearing. Ask God the right questions. To do that, you've got to say, Lord, tell me what to ask you. Tell me, Lord, I'm asking you to tell me what to ask you. And when you ask him that, he will tell you what to ask him. And then when you ask him, it will open up and you will make adjustments that will literally put you beyond any man's reach. In Jesus' name, the Bible says many are in the, in the valley of decision. Micah, you are not one of them. Come out of the valley of decision in Jesus' name. Decide in God. Take your mind off of counselors, off of advice, over, off of a man's wisdom, and say, God, you have a plan for my life. What is it? I, alone will I pursue that. In G, are you with me on this? Yes, sir. All right. Do it in Jesus' name. Mr. John, you are young. You got a lot of life, but I'm telling you, according to man's days and man's years, that says you got to wait till you graduate from high school or from college before you can start. We defy that this morning and say, no, this man is called of God today. And this man will enter into the, the work of the Lord today. And the good hand of God on him will make a way where there seems to be no way because understanding and wisdom has already been given unto you to receive the good things of God. His assignment will not fail in your life. In Jesus' name. Shake it off, Wesley. Shake it off in Jesus' name. All the excuses, all the things that you could say, but I had this and they've done that and they didn't do this. Shake it off. Jesus is your Lord. And now he has stepped up to take control of your life and to rule and reign over you in such a way that men, young men, young women will look to you and say, I wish I had a life like Wesley. Now let him come into control do nothing, do nothing on your own without checking in. And I'm telling you, you'll not only live long, but you'll live good in this life. Everything that men could not or would not give you, God wants you to have, and he wants you to have it now. In Jesus' name. Rob Lee. There is an adjustment coming to your life. There's something coming that you're going to say, I don't know about that. I don't think so. You need to let the Lord in on it and say, Lord, but I'm going to open my heart up to you. Do you want me to do that? It is so radical. It is so out of what I thought of and what my family thought of. In Jesus' name, there's a shaking that will cause you to be shaken out of the place where men have pigeonholed you and put you in a higher and a better place. God has spoken and he wants to do it with you. Will you let him? If you do, he will do it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. What's your name, sister? Lestasia. Lestasia. What a beautiful name. Father, I thank you for my little sister. And God, I'm asking you, Father, to open up windows and doors for her that no man can supply and no man can offer. Lord, you alone can make a way for Lestasia. I thank you, Father, for doing it now. We agree that the windows and the door, the doors, the pathway is clear for her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. He has made you strong. 
He has made a way. He wants to do it. Will you let him do it? Yes, said the man of God. Your age will betray you. They will say of you, you don't know enough, you're not old enough. But God says, you are ready now. Enter in to that which he has said, and you will have it. It will be so strong that men without this calling, without this readiness, would faint. But it will serve to strengthen you and enable you to go into a place that will put men in awe. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now let's all raise our hand this morning for 2012. And out of your own heart, by your own words today, you just, you say, you just talk to the Lord. Lord, I'm going to have a better 12 than I had 11. Lord, I'm going to do it your ways. I'm not just going to say, Lord, 12's better. I'm open to adjustments right now. Lord, I, in Jesus' name, I want to be at the right, come on now, right place at the right time. I will not be at the wrong place. I will not be at the wrong time. I am going to align my life to the Kairos that you have supplied. I have what you want me to have, and I have it on time. In Jesus' name. Are you there? Praise God. Is it a better year? It's a better year. Now, you may say, well, 11 was a rotten year, but I'm telling you a lot of it, two things. God was preparing you, so there were some things that he put there for you to get that thing to build that muscle. And the other thing is, is just laziness. Let the devil come in and slap us around. You go, not me. Yes, you. Yes, me. But I can fix the laziness, and I can fix the obedience. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, y'all. Hallelujah. 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 Say, I will have a move of God in my life. I will not do my life without a move of God. Praise God. Money is easy for me, saith the Lord. Money is easy for me. Line yourself up with me, and money will line itself up for you. Do it my way, and it will be done my way, saith the Lord. I have set this in your life to be a demonstration I will be exalted in your doings. I will be worshipped in your demonstrations. Do it my way, saith the Lord, and you will see me in your life. Amen. Amen. Praise God. If you need prayer for anything, we're here. Debbie asked me for Wednesday night to ask, because uh, she's just not sure how she's going to be motoring by then, if some lady would set up I, I don't know all that is for the food, the tablecloths, the, the I, set up the rockatorium for Wednesday night. Is there somebody here? Pamela, you do that. Rita, you do that. I'm going to go home a good boy. <laughs> Amen? Amen. 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 Now the will of the Lord be done in your life. Amen. The devil is defeated. Jesus is Lord. God bless you. Amen. Amen.